to the glue guys this is my care say hello brian hello check us out on twitter at bk glue guys nets daily almighty baller brian the nets are they're back oh brian we can't do a drop because to explain where you are explain also explain our commitment to consistent podcasting uh this is a testament to our love for you all glue nation out there um so we were originally not planning to pod after game one because we wanted to sort of let the season marinate just a tiny bit, a quick marination. Um, you know, maybe get a few games under our belts and then we can kind of really assess because we didn't want to be overreaction theater. But uh, last night's game against the Pistons was so compelling that I am sitting in a car that is on the New Jersey Turnpike. Let's um, I'm not driving it, uh, for everyone who's listening who may be a police officer and maybe a state trooper. I'm not driving it, but I am in a car that is going above the speed limit on the New Jersey Turnpike while we're recording this podcast. So it may sound like I'm in a car on the Turnpike. I apologize to all you for the audio quality of that, but uh, it had to be done, Brian. Had to do it. Dude, last night's game. I don't know. I mean, super duper It was a compelling microcosm of our whole season in just ah. one game potentially oh. you know how's that <laughs> um we well <laughs> lots lot going on there right i mean like so first of all that first quarter we looked like the freaking harlem globetrotters with that ball movement oh my god it was um, beautiful beautiful i thought this i was like oh wow we're, we're really locking in for a 52 win season yeah i was like what's up with these like really cute hooked in passes from Joe Harris to like Karis LeVert like <laughs> you know when when did that start happening when did that when yeah that chemistry begin fomenting um yeah anyways if you looked at that first quarter you'd think this team is going to go places on just the basis of like some odd playmaking chemistry and the desire to just get to the rim and then um obviously that entirely changed so what was funny about this was I was looking through like the Nets daily comments as I often do and there's, as ever, it's very polarized on the basis of is this a um, is this a, a a loss that you can take away things from? Is it like a good loss or a bad loss? Um, which I always think is a funny way to think about things um, <laughs> from a loss perspective. Um, but like from my from my point of view, just to if you know, just to join the polarized Nets Daily community because you know why not. Um, that was a great loss. You know, I'm like <laughs> super excited by <laughs> by that loss. Um, just the the like, there's a lot to pull away from on there. And like, I mean, we can go piece by piece, but like, just the, off the top of my head, like, Jared Allen is going to be a really good basketball player. Like, yes. it just seems self evident at this point, and that's you know super exciting to know. And I, I almost he's going to be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. But. Okay, and even so, he only—I think he went only went like five for eight from the field, but he still scored seventeen points or whatever it was. I think it was five for eight, maybe six for nine or something like that. And no, the shots that he, 
five for eight. And you, I remember the shots that he missed because those were shots that he should have made, to be honest. But then he also made a couple of shots that he shouldn't have made. Like he had those, I think there were two different plays during the game where he had like the ball around the free throw line in rhythm, a spin, a move into the lane right to the bucket, which is very advanced for a second-year center, a center who was supposed to be a project. It was also a spin over his right shoulder, which is like the you know the Vince Carter rotation spin. It was like a you know a proper um, like in the flow of a game like exotic basketball move. It was it was really impressive. Like we watch and like let's we, yeah again. Well, I was gonna say we watch like Instagram videos of these guys working out in the off season and they look amazing. I think of Julia Okafor specifically, and then in the game <laughs> they don't do that stuff because it's harder. It's harder to do the stuff you do when the, no one's guarding you. But, like, that move was a move that was clearly practiced and has been practiced, and he pulled it off in the game flawlessly. And he had corner, he had two corner threes? I think he had two corner threes, which is just, yeah. fun- I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to go too crazy with that because that's almost like, I almost don't want to believe it. That's almost too good. If he's hitting corner threes, I, I'm, I'm weeping over here, Brian, about the potential. Yeah. So the other, like, interesting takeaway is, so obviously – hit a, a skid in the the you know middle of the game there where things looked really bleak but despite that bleakness we saw a vision of what our like shots aren't falling strategy is going to be and it's just give the ball to Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert and let them just do what they do they've become really good take my man off the dribble iso players um and which is like by far one of the best ways to like snap yourself out of you know missing all of your threes which is what we were doing last night um which is like it's awesome it's so much fun to watch like that's it's like you know in in a loss you want to be watching fun things doesn't get much more fun than just like dive bombing the rim right in a loss you want to be watching fun things yeah and it's and it's like okay so we are going to be super positive just because like okay let's again perspective i tweeted this out last night after the game and i'm not going to be a cheerleader for the team we aren't cheerleaders for the team but we're appreciators of of the moment and we have perspective a little bit Uh, The Nets somehow were undermanned going into the first game of the season. They didn't have two guys that probably, three guys actually, that may be starters. Yeah, starters. Yeah, Yeah. three starters. Um, One is Damari Carroll, which, you know, the Nets are going to do this again. They're not going to tell us full information about how long a guy may be out for. We're just going to only know that he had a procedure. It was at his ankle, allegedly minor. He should be okay, but we have no sense of when he's going to be back. Um Alan Crabb out for the game. Rondé Hollis Jefferson out for the game. Um, it not having Alan Crabb made me appreciate Alan Crabb because there were moments in the game when, like, so Joe Harris, I, I thought played really well. Obviously, he wasn't shooting phenomenal from three, but when Joe Harris was out, then it was really crappy from the three-point shooting standpoint. Um, if you have Alan Crabb in there and then you split, split his minutes with Joe Harris, your team's going to be a little bit better. And a little bit better gets you that W. There's no question a little bit better gets you. I mean, they came down to essentially the final possession. I mean, the Nets had a shot to tie it at the end. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm like, again, the Pistons are supposed to be better than the Nets, at least from league-wide perspective. No one likes the Pistons, but the Pistons are supposed to be better. They do have Blake Griffin. doesn't matter that he's diminished. And the sign of his diminishing is no clearer than the fact that the Nets had Travion Graham guarding him during the game and that Jared Allen supplied a delicious, tasty block 
all over Blake Griffin yeah. to start the game. Well, they had some people were also raging about Jared Dudley getting so many minutes, but I thought like of all of the people guarding Blake Griffin that Jared Dudley did kind of the best job. I mean, he got gassed by the end and like was totally useless. But for those, you know, when he was, you know, in the first half of the game when he was guarding him, he was like a sack of potatoes attached to his to his back. It was he just like just got heavy on him. Um, yeah, but then so I don't like yeah, and, yeah and the, but then Jared Dudley comes in with the uh, the one three three stat line. I think it was one point three rebounds and three assists. But it's you know to be like super stressed out about the Jared Dudley spot right now in the season. To be honest, like Rondé is going to get a lot of four. Uh, Damari is going to get a lot of four when he's healthy. Uh, our boy Karutz was out there plenty in the the first half, and then they kind of parked him on the bench for most of the second because he he had the the unfortunate and you know when this happened so Karutz at the end of the classic moment like a rookie mistake end of the first half the other team is going to try to put up a three-pointer from wherever they are to hope to get fouled and he got too close to Blake Griffin that allowed Blake Griffin to get fouled at like not even past the half court stripe um, which ended up in three free throws and I knew even then that that was gonna matter, Brian. Like I had a sense of like that that type of mistake just doesn't like end up not mattering in a game, especially in a game against like two mm. teams that should be pretty evenly matched. I mean, it's a mistake. It, like the guy was playing B division Spanish basketball, you know, six months ago. So it, it'll happen, but that was brutal. Um, yeah, there are a couple of things we got to run by, like throughout the game, like sort of the headline that's been coming out of this game and. If you've been on Twitter, it's been um, an interesting <laughs> watch already in the season. Is that D'Angelo Russell got a DNP CD in the fourth quarter? Um, mm-hmm. DNP did not play CD. Coach's decision. Uh, Kenny Atkinson was asked why he did not put D'Angelo back in the game, and he said, "Well, Dinwiddie was playing really well, and Lavert was playing really, really well, and Joe Harris was playing really well, and we needed two big guys." Um, which is justifiable for sure, because um, Lavert had 27, I think, and Dinwiddie had around 20 points, and Joe Harris was playing really well. And you need Joe Harris out there if you're not going to have Alan Crabb. Um, are you Brian anti? Are you mad at Atkinson's decision, decision essentially not to put D'Lo in? Or are you okay with it? Um, I, I mean, it would have looked a lot better if they had won. Obviously, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think there might be something more to it than than just like you know. Obviously, I think there's probably a more symbolic thing going on there with, you know, like hey, D'Angelo Russell, if you're not going to be one of these guys who are like, you know, doing what Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert are doing, which is like you know putting on a a real real Herculean effort to get to the rim, like you know we're not gonna you're not gonna be a part of that um, closing the game out squad. Um, I did like. What I was seeing from D'Angelo Russell in the first uh, quarter, though, he was just like pure, you know, court vision, super high vigilant awareness stuff. Um, he was really impressive. So, like, I didn't think he necessarily just had like a blanket bad game. I think he was trying to, he was trying like sort of very visibly to like be a team player almost to a fault or something. I don't know. Do you, do you get the sense that there's something like going on between D'Angelo Russell's years that's a little more complicated than the rest of the guys? Yeah, and we saw this last year, and we talked about it so much. I think like he is still feeling the effects of the Lakers' criticism that he received, that he's a selfish player and that he, that Magic 
basically specifically said in public that he they wanted they wanted Lonzo Ball because he makes players players better. Essentially saying that D'Angelo Russell does not. Um, and like we saw this tug tug and pull last year where like he would go out on the court and he didn't know necessarily when to attack or when to be the facilitator. And that was clear last night. I don't even think he played that bad last night. And I agree with Atkinson, the fact that, like, I was thinking when Dinwiddie was really kicking ass in the beginning of the fourth quarter and bringing this team back from the deficit that they were in, um, I was like, I was thinking that he was going to take Dinwiddie out and put D'Angelo back in, and I would have said that would have been a mistake. He made the right move Mm. by playing D'Angelo, or not D'Angelo, Dinwiddie. Levert played phenomenal um and let's talk about him in a second but like tremendous game and you again you need joe harris out there and against blake griffin and andre drummond their unique team in the nba you do need like jared dudley because travion graham was guarding blake griffin for parts of the game and you can you could never have that and i appreciate travion graham put like real effort in he was doing like the guard you know cover him in the front try to deny the pass type move which is like Full effort, not easy. Uh, you can look like a fool at times because if the pass does get around you, then you're screwed. Um, but, like, I, I, Atkinson made the right decision to not put D'Angelo Russell back in the game. The moment where he screwed up, though, was the Nets were down by, I think it was just one. It was the second to last possession they had in the game that the one where Levert goes to the hole and loses the ball, and, you know, that essentially, essentially sealed the fate. Um, for the Nets, he put he took out Jared Allen um, and then put in Travion Graham. And that's an interesting point because you would think if he's going to put in a, a – basically they went in with all shooters. That was the goal, right? Like let's get all shooters out there. Um, hopefully we can get something to pop here. We're going to get Levert to the hole, and if Levert finds someone for an open three-pointer, we don't want Jared Allen standing out there. Um, but yeah. – but – why not put D'Angelo Russell in at that point? Like, I don't, like, is Travion Graham any, like, so the de- defense of that would be like, well, D'Angelo Russell would have been cold at that point. So to put him back in, you know, that would have, like, you put it, would have put in a player who's not warmed up. But Travion Graham wasn't, yeah. like, on fire. Um, so well, I, I think it's, I think it's two things, right? Like, it's interesting because it's an interesting decision to just see how different the D'Angelo Russell. Jared Allen, um, like, focal points of the offense are versus, like, the Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie focal points. Like, I feel like those are two totally different um, styles of basketball, and I really like when the Jared Allen and D'Angelo Russell thing is working. Like, they've got the pick-and-roll defenders on a string. They're, like, yo-yoing people, and they can pick their corners really easily. Like, um, that seems like the more surgical approach to the offense, whereas when you have Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie, they're good to, like, energize and like get people back into a game but it's so it's so chaotic at times that it's like it's not a reliable you know it's not it's not the sort of like um it's not the surgical approach right it's not you you can count on it to like re-energize and get you back in a little bit but I don't think it's a particularly good duo to close out a game because it it like it's a little bit all over the place at times you know yeah it's sort of like post like relying on post offense like I think the, the Pistons yeah. threw the ball into the post a couple of times to Drummond, and he just threw the ball at the rim. Like, driving to the hoop, unless if you're in a super elite finisher like Isaiah Thomas was a couple of seasons ago, 
you know, it, it's a great, I mean, I loved it. I mean, I love watching it because you don't really see too many guys just go to the hoop these days. Like, it's so much about the D'Angelo Russell, Jared Allen game, the pick and roll, and then hoping the defense kind of collapses a second, then you swing it out to a three-point shooter. If you don't, you, you pass it to the roll man. But, like, I super enjoyed Levert and Dinwiddie, and I'm not criticizing that style of offense. But you're right. Like, at the end of the game, if you know that a guy is basically just going to try to drive to the hoop, and that's that's what they're going to do. You could try to stop. Like, you can put a couple more bodies in the lane, and it makes it very difficult for that offense to work. I'm not, again, not criticizing him. Just I totally agree with you that, like, it's a different thing. And I liked, as you, like, that's a, so that's the kind of thing I want, I feel like is getting lost a little bit in this, is that D'Angelo Russell didn't play poorly. Like, I, I really believe that it was Dinwiddie was playing so well. Like, I, I, it wasn't like, De- like I think he had, like, only eight, D'Angelo Russell only had, like, eight points and a couple of assists or something. It wasn't, like, phenomenal, but I saw him. He he should have had two more assists because Jared Allen missed easy buckets down there. Um, I just, my main question that I really do want Atkinson to answer, here, one sec, um, is that, like, why did he not put D'Angelo Russell back in at that final possession? Was it because... He wanted a little more size. I guess Travion Graham's taller. I don't think he is, though. Um, like, that that would be my criticism of it, is that if you're then going to put Jared Allen out of the game and put in a guard, why D'Angelo Russell is not that guard? But I'm, I'm like, I'm in defense of Atkinson. Like, that was the right, the right move was to stick with Dinwiddie um, and to let him keep rolling, that, from my opinion. I mean, he was doing so Do well. Do you want... Do you want to touch on some listener emails really quick? Oh, yeah. It's your boy, Matt Parker, Matthew. friend of the show. Yes. Um, I've tried to talk myself into him, but it really seems like Nets Nation has decided that the real D'Angelo Russell was the guy who had 12 good games, not the guy he's been for the rest of his career. It seems like he's going to get way more than his production warrants in his next contract. I'd rather keep Dinwiddie at half the price and deal Russell now. What do you think we could get for him um, from the Suns, where he could be uh, his buddy Booker's wingman, Warren, and a lightly protected first. What about the Spurs? He's not a great fit there, but they need a PG two. Um, Interesting. Matt with the hot with the hot takes, <laughs> spicy <laughs> and, in the morning. And, and there were people on our Twitter feed who had many of those takes. So like I that almost spicy. Yeah, go ahead. You know, and Matthew, you know I love a good trade discussion. I almost don't want to have it because I don't like I don't want people to misconstrue the conversation that we are about to have, which I will satisfy the email question because that's what we do here. We satisfy our listeners, um, but like they're not going to trade him. They shouldn't trade him right now. You know, maybe that's a discussion like to be seriously had two months from now if like it's really not working out. It was one game. I thought did when he played was really well. If we're going to have the discussion, Brian, um, I don't want TJ Warren. You, you can't you can't trade for a guy who's who's not on a rookie deal who has a long term contract unless if that guy is like you you know someone that like you really like a trade piece you really like some whatever guy it would be I don't you know one of the guards from the Nuggets or something I don't know why they would trade them but you know what I'm saying um, it would have to be the the kid from Villanova that they drafted this year I'm trying to think of his name Bridges. I think it's Michael Bridges. Um, they traded, so they're not going to do that. But it was they traded for Michael Bridges. Um, 
to like they got him from the 76ers and gave up a, a first round pick to get him. So they're not going to give him up for D'Lo, but like that's the level of asset I would still want for D'Angelo Russell. I still want like a rookie who was a top 10 pick like right now, maybe top 15 or like a really lightly protected first round pick. There's almost like the Spurs and the you know, I've thought about the Spurs, Brian. I've thought about like Dinwiddie to the Spurs makes a lot of sense on a lot of levels. Um, but I just don't uh, I don't see what they have to give us to give the Nets. Like Jakob Pertle is the, the their like other young piece that they would maybe flip. Lonnie Walker, I don't think they're to part with Lonnie Walker this quickly. So basically my answer is I don't see it happening. It's a, mm. it's a, it would be a weird time in D'Angelo's career to trade him. Now, in Matt's question, of course, is like, um, you know, this is probably the time. If you don't think he's going to turn out the way that I believe, um, then now is the time to trade him because there is some interest in him still, of course. I just, I don't know. I it, It's too premature at the moment. Mm. You know? um, next up, cheer boy. Mark Madsen, um, can I get a stat check? How many games did the Nets lose last year by under six points? If the Nets learn how to close out games, how much better a team are they? Um, you, well, you can't get a stats check. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so um, you do that. Sorry, thank you. <laughs> sorry about. That. I mean, I would love to. If somebody else wants to, that'd be great. Um, but okay, yeah. So if the Nets, so we were, <clears throat> this sort of ties back into our previous conversation. I would love it if we could be the team that could pick our spots closing out a game with the pick and roll, like how the old school Spurs used to just just deflate any kind of comeback with just going right back to a Tony Parker, Tim Duncan pick and roll. Um, that would be optimal. I love I love just you know the oppressiveness of that kind of offense to close out. But um, how much better are they? I mean, how many more wins are if we become really good at you know finishing out games that, that are close? Does that add a bunch of wins, Mike? Yeah, I mean, like, we – I've had the – there was – well, so I think their, like, point differential last season, I was looking this up because I've also been thinking about this, was something like the Nets were, were negative four, um, something like that, over the season per per game point differential, meaning, like, on average throughout the whole season they lost each game or each game they were down by negative four, whatever that means. So, yes – Small incremental changes should make a difference. There were a bunch of games in those, that streak of that D'Angelo Russell was out. There was like at least six games, I want to say, that they lost essentially in the final to second to last possession of the game. And like, I've always stated that like, I don't know, if, if, if he is healthy, even though he didn't play the end of this game in a game that was the same exact scenario, uh, you know, right there at the end. But if he's healthy and playing pretty much to his potential like they're gonna win a good a good chunk more games this season just because of that factor just be having someone like d'angelo russell um but you know we'll see i mean the problem is brian is like we the nets already already lost did not have guys on the floor and it's like I totally understand this. This th- what this franchise tries to do is like treat players' health well, which is maybe you know what everyone should be doing, but not every franchise does do that. But it's like already three dudes were out. How is that possible? How is that like? Like I don't know who to criticize because there's not. I can't criticize the players necessarily, and maybe you know Damari should have gotten his surgery earlier if his 
ankle wasn't feeling better, which was the indication that he had been feeling like his ankle was not feeling great for a while. But it's like, can this team just like have like a streak of 30 games where like they have everyone they or like mostly everyone, you know, not three starters that are out of the game for the season opener. It's just, it's. Can you hear how much noise this truck is making? Good. It sounds like in the beginning of Jurassic Park when they're delivering the Velociraptor cage. <laughs> Good God. What is going on out here? I feel like there's like an app that like, you know, if they find out somebody's doing a podcast, they send a cement truck over or something. Um, this is like a covert sorry, operation any... by the NYPD. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what's going on here. Um Okay, another one, just just a quick one, because this ties into this. Will just you'll get a good sense for the the feeling around Nets Nation here, because these these are starting to come in pretty regularly here. It's your boy Andre J from Trenton. Um, after one game, I just want your opinion. How much is D'Lo worth to another team? <laughs> <laughs> Can we trade him for two first round picks? No, no. Yeah. Okay. Um, I pre- uh, Andre, I appreciate it. We can't spend too much time talking about trading D'Angelo Russell, otherwise it'll trigger a whole bunch of people. people I would get, love to, though. <laughs> people get so mad at us. And then we'll just have tweets yeah. that the, the glue guys want to change, tr- trade D'Angelo Russell. It's not what I want to do. Um, quickly, let's have a little vert conversation. Uh, 27 points, I think it was, career high. Um, a different Levert than last season, I-, I would say. Like, Last year, he started the season horribly, couldn't shoot the ball at all, tried to shoot threes and long jumpers, wasn't working. This year is what we have saw in the preseason. Um, someone who's using his, his athleticism and length and ball handling skills to get to the hole, Brian. How much are you loving Karis LeVert? You're the one that wanted to trade him. I can't believe it. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare do this. Don't I can't believe dare. everyone. Brian really has been wanting to trade him. People will believe you too. That's what's that's what's so toxic about what you're doing. I know. Um, I wanted to trade Karis Levert for Jabari Parker. We got to see what Jabari is doing this year, though. I gotta, I gotta pull up his his line from last night. Is he getting run any like right now? Um, Let, the, let's see. He's on the Bulls. They have a weird team. Much. They have the like the worst defensive team in the history of basketball, probably. But, um, did they play? Yeah, last night. No. Ugh. It was gl- you know what's the? Can I just take a moment to just rage against the new ESPN fantasy thing? What have they done here? Do you play? <laughs> do you use ESPN for the fantasy? I I don't know. I don't. I I, I don't oh, do my. fantasy because it's a it bruises my ego because I'm so bad at fantasy basketball that I thought about quitting doing podcasting because I don't deserve to talk about basketball if I can't do fantasy basketball. So I just don't do it. I just. It's almost, out. it's so bad that it's almost as if they're like consciously tanking it. You know, that's what I think. That's what I think might be going on. Um, what? See, but, I can't even find And again, I want to, I want to uh, let our listeners in behind the scenes here. How Brian researches statistics is by going through ESPN fantasy basketball's interface and clicking on points scored. Or, you know, that is that you don't go to basketball reference. You don't go to NBA.com. You go to, I, I, I do go to basketball <laughs> reference. I get all of them. I you know I cross reference, um, but uh, I'm just looking for like one like you know, if I need last night's score like I can't go to basketball reference for just like one night. Um, God, I I really can't find this. I'm so triggered right now. I can't even. Uh, God, I can't handle it. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> the truck is beeping behind you as you're getting Dude, aggressively so angry. Annoyed by it. Ugh, so I, I'm just going to give up. I'm not going to know what Jabari Parker right. God. Right. But Karis LeVert, great player, right? Best player in the basketball, would you say? Yeah, agreed. 
Um, I have one last email from True Boy Luestvez. Um, he's got a voicemail that I can't play right now. Are you listening to this? It's like they're boring a hole in a tree. <laughs> oh my lord. Um, so, True Boy Luestvez always, uh, he's on the Mount Rushmore of, of the Glue Guys, Nets fandom. Is there a siren behind you now, too? It's getting it's getting insane. We have to stop. I'm gonna There's a coal that is gonna, developing outside gonna, your apartment. I'm gonna go grab this contractor and throttle him after this. Um, <laughs> so he has a uh, voicemail that I'm not gonna play, unfortunately, because we don't have it set up. Because Mike is in a car right now. <laughs> I um, but um, part of it. Love the last pod. The moose nickname is amazing. So uh, wanted to shout out to Flatbush in Atlantic because they actually have. They they have they're way ahead of it and they already made T-shirts and stuff so we're actually pretty late to that I don't want to take any credit, um, so go get your the Dizza T-shirts from Flatbush and Atlantic if you haven't yet which what are you waiting for, um, so just a thought um, oh also he says we should do a killer comparison <clears throat> for Nets team members as glue guy audio drops um, I noticed there was a you know the the contingent of people who are eager to have drops back were um you know loud on twitter last night yeah. so um yeah. we're gonna give the people what they want i can't help it we'll have to workshop you and i will have to workshop how we can do that when we're in different locations there's got to be a way that we can yeah. do that and we'll, we'll work on it we'll figure it out um anyways that's all for the listener email stuff uh, any other points you want to touch on mike before we uh it's we're at almost 30 minutes here yeah i just want to take down a few things real quick uh so yeah. Beyond the Rodion's Karutz uh, big boner mistake uh, near the end of the first half, <laughs> uh, it was fun to see him out there. It was fun to see a player who doesn't play the American style of basketball that is being played right now, as in, like, both good and bad, he would cut in a certain way that you're not supposed to cut, or the normal way of cutting. Um, it's sort of like, it, it's, it's just unnatural. It's like putting a, a raccoon in a classroom. You, you don't know what it's going to do. Um, mm-hmm. That's a new phrase. You can have that one, too. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I enjoyed seeing him play basketball, but also he made a bunch of mistakes and maybe he's not quite ready for the primetime. Um, and then, like, lastly, Ed Davis. Like, already in love. Just in love. Just ready for... You know, and the other criticism of Atkinson could have been that Ed Davis and Jared Allen should have played some more minutes together. You know, like, they didn't play any, I don't think. And they, against Blake and um, Drummond, maybe 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 throw him out there a couple of times, a couple of minutes together, see what happens. I understand why he didn't was because he wanted a center out there at all times and he wanted to split up their minutes uh, because their backup, like, Fareed didn't play at all. Um, so I understand that, but, like, Ed Davis already just so happy with like great intensity, like knows exactly where he's supposed to be on offense and defense, making like the nice little dirty plays. And what's good about him is when I mean dirty plays, you know, the fun stuff Um, when he's doing that stuff, he's also athletic enough that it like has some impact. He's not just Zaza Pachulia out there. Um, He's got some interesting little moves. So I'm excited. Um, I'm, I'm quick. I'm couraged. You know, quick correction for the people that are yelling at us that the Bulls didn't play last night and Jabari Parker doesn't have any stats. Just wanted to put an asterisk. Okay, no stats yet for Jabari Parker. Because they didn't play last night. Because they didn't play. 
but he's coming off the bench. So, so anyways, so he, so Karis Levert's infinitely better than him at the moment. At th- this, yeah. this point, infinitely better. Um, qu- yes. Quickly, any other thoughts for you? Um, let's see. Anything else? Did you see the? I think we touched. Yeah. Did you got. Have you seen the Hornets home court? By the way, their new, the new court that they're using this year. No. Google it. Let me look. Google it as I'm talking to you, because uh, and and if if you're at home listening to this or in the car or on the subway or in a plane, wherever mode of transportation or location you are at, let me paint the picture for you. Um, so I guess it's like 30 years that the Hornets, like not consecutively, but over a span of time that they've been in Charlotte, their court, what they've done with it is the in, in between like, you know, where the free throw line, like, you know, the painted area, which traditionally is the painted mm-hmm. area is a Hornets like, you know, the, the, the sort of what, not a pentagon, but a hexagon, right? Uh, honeycomb pattern is what they're beautiful. Gonna call that. Honeycomb pattern. That makes a lot more sense. They have that inside. Yeah. That's black and, and then basically the court. Between like a pentagon. It's a pentagram. It's a satanic imagery. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> outside the, the traditional painted area, between the traditional painted area, the lane, and the three-point line, that entire area is painted turquoise. A shade of turquoise and purple, and it kind of changes colors throughout. It is blindingly distracting. Especially when, like, it messes with the three-dimensional understanding of what you... When you're looking at a basketball court on TV, that traditional angle that you get from the sideline, you know, up above. It, the players are wearing white. Um, it, my, I, like, I couldn't focus on I'm blinking my eyes as I'm talking to you right now. It is so horrible. Wow. So horrible, Brian. Um, so I'm I actually kind of like this now, <laughs> looking at it. <laughs> So I used to I used to talk a lot of trash about um, the Hornets logos and everything about it was like a little too slick, a little too doing too much. And the whole court was honeycomb pattern before this like sort of, you know, 90s throwback stuff. If applied correctly, I kind of can get can get into it. I mean, nobody's using a gradient anything anymore because, you know, they overdid it in the 2000s when Photoshop came out and there was just like gradients all over the place. Um, But a a like, you know, a fun now and again, application of a gradient, I can I can get behind it. I'm you're just I'm, saying you're just saying you can't watch the basketball. I mean, I haven't watched, tried to watch any basketball. Maybe I'll, I'll pull it up and, and that, see if I, it's, like, it's as distracting as you say. Yeah, that's the thing. It's that. So I think that like Zach Lowe, when he has his league pass rankings, he'll sometimes include like new courts because that 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 for him adds to the enjoyment or diminishes the enjoyment of watching the game. Whether a court is nice, like you know the Celtics have a great court. I think the Nets have one of the best courts in the game. I think it's a beautiful mm-hmm. design. I mean, that's obvious. Everyone knows that. It's a proven fact. Um, mm. But watching the highlights, because I, I will say it was like I was like a it was like almost like Christmas waking up this morning and being able to turn on NBA TV and then just have like all these highlights from all these games and all these the new players on new te- teams and it was just like so exciting. And I'm watching the mm. Hornets. I, for, I didn't even know who they're playing. I forget who it was. Maybe the Nuggets or something like that. Um, no, the Bucks. 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 And I'm. I couldn't. I just couldn't. I. It didn't. Like I couldn't understand the game. It was like I was watching. I just. You know how like they described. So the NFL had this thing where they had these color rush uniforms 
on uh, Thursday night football games the past couple of years. They stopped doing it because um, people who are colorblind had trouble understanding which team was which because the just the way the uniforms were colored. Like I, I, I felt like I was being tricked. It was like the blue dress, gold dress scenario. I think that's one of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I hated it. I hate it. I hope. I hope it, I it. I hope they burn the floor. I hope you know they donate the wood to build more houses after Hurricane Florence. It, it should be. <laughs> it should be gone. It's. It's disgusting. It's the Good. worst thing in the world. Worst thing in the world. There's nothing worse than that. Nothing. That's Good. the worst thing. So Great. there you go. That oh, should cool. be a segment, um, by the way, Brian. Any... Worst thing in the world. That's it. Mike's. Mike's. I hated it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Popular. Segment. Okay. Anything else on on your mind from the first night of action, Mike? Get it out there. That's next. What are we talking about here? What are we thinking? Can we talk about how crummy this early part of the schedule is for us? Like we have our first four games. It's going to be three road games, and then our home game is against the Knicks, which is going to be fucking f- sorry. Freaking flooded with <laughs> with Knicks fans, um, which just is annoying. That's not fair. That's not right. And then there's a West Coast trip, I think, pretty soon. And um, yeah, it's not an easy start to the season. But you know, the Nets grit and grind, Brooklyn grit, Brooklyn strong. They got it, man. Don't worry about it. We all got this. Tight. We got this. Um, all right, take us out, Mike. You can find us on Twitter for quick thoughts. Uh, at BK Blue Guys, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher, uh, Google Play. We're here, and there may be some. Don't don't ever use Stitcher. Don't don't. You should, you should stop plugging. They're terrible. Fine, I'm very happy to stop plugging it because uh, <laughs> I always forget to say it. Um, Netsdaily.com, of course, a lot of great content up there. Um, please read it. Click on stuff. Buy everything. Rate us on iTunes. You know, just just support us. Just give us support. <laughs> Okay. Alrighty. Hey, thanks everybody. Bye bye. All right. Shabbat shalom. (laughs) Bye. Yeah, boy.